Hey guys, welcome to the Stylogram podcast with me Malika Singhania where I give you the latest style tips, trend reports and fashion forecasts. Today we have with us the director of Aza and the founder of azafashions.com, Devangi Nishar. For all of you who haven't heard of the store Aza, it is India's premium chain of fashion stores that houses the biggest names in the fashion industry. Literally, if you have a plush event to go to and you need to find something to wear, this is where you will find every designer's latest collection just off the runway. Let's talk to Devangi, who's a style icon herself, by the way, and find out what gets her ticking. Hi, Devangi. Hi, Malika. Thanks so much for having me here today. Pleasure. So, Devangi, let's talk about Aza and how you got into it. Sure. Um, so basically, I began my journey with Aza. My mom started the chain 11 years ago. Uh, and that was at, at a period where the fashion industry in India was still at a very nascent stage. I studied abroad in the US and uh, I was actually a consultant at Deloitte. But my passion always lay in fashion and I always wanted to work in the fashion industry. So growing up, I kind of saw the chain evolve and the fashion industry as well evolve with it. And I was very, very keen to come back to India and be a part of this uh, evolving industry. So when I came back, uh, I spent two years with the firm before I got my MBA. And that is when I realized that fashion in India is very dynamically changing and it's growing at a very rapid scale. There's so many new designers, there's so much talent and there's so much to offer out there. So when I joined uh, again two years ago, I decided to shift the chain to an omni-channel strategy and launched azafashions.com to kind of give an outreach to Indians across the world uh, and kind of provide these Indian designers who have so much talent and potential uh, with a platform globally. Okay. So let's backtrack Devangi. So you studied in Bombay, right? I did. Uh, Only till I was nine and then I moved to the US. Oh, wow. Okay. So you did your college and your high school in US. Yep. Or my middle school, high school, college, MBA. Wow. And at that point, you didn't know that you wanted to get into fashion. So I think uh, as I saw when Aza launched and as I saw the firm grow, Uh, I was very, very interested in fashion to the extent that I would spend my free hours in the store just studying designer labels and trying to identify different um, outfits from far, like which designer is this. And I used to spend a lot of time researching new designers. I used to love going into random stores and just seeing what are the new trends, identifying um, what's new in the industry and kind of just uh, it used to make me feel very excited. Right. And did you study merchandising or, um, you know, anything related to running a store? So I actually studied entrepreneurship undergrad and then I got my MBA in marketing and operations. So I didn't directly study merchandising, but I think that if you have a passion for it, that's enough. And if you spend a lot of time kind of understanding the industry, understanding labels, understanding trends, um, then it's something that anybody can get into. There's some huge designers like Manish Malhotra never studied design, but he's, I mean, uh, he's an extraordinary designer. That's what I was going to ask you that is it important for people who want to get into it to study it? Because I think there's nothing like learning on the job, right? Yeah, I think there's nothing like experience. Definitely, um, it's a lot of fun. Like I've done short courses uh, in fashion and it has really helped me. And it, if you're, it's something that you're interested in, that is definitely something that you should study. But it's not a requirement. I think okay. that if you haven't studied fashion and if you're very interested in entering the industry, you must. And experience will teach you what you need to know. Right. And when you got into uh, the industry, what do you think the fashion uh, space was like? Because it was very different from what it's like today. I don't think it was very systematic and I don't think designers were working very systematically. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think India 
uh, is at a very nascent stage of fashion. So if you compare it to industries across the world, I think we started a little later uh, and we're still in kind of the second generation of fashion designers in this country. But that being said, that gives it the greatest growth potential because uh, so many new people, there's so much talent uh, and I think when Aza launched, uh, this, the entire system wasn't very systematic. Yeah, uh, It was kind of very, very young and uh, kind of ad hoc. So the way that the fashion weeks were conducted, the uh, way that ordering was done has evolved so much with time. And I think that we have really improved as an industry. Right. I think designers have uh, under- take a lot and they learn a lot from the way that international processes work. And they're a lot more observant about it. Information flows much more easily now than it did earlier. Um, so we're all kind of learning from our mistakes and growing together. Right. I think your mother, Alka Nishar, who founded Aza pretty much changed the whole scenario because I think after Aza came into uh, the fashion space, designers got uh, a lot more streamlined with the way that they were delivering products. And I think that was the one uh, large format store that we finally had because before that we did have stores, but I don't think they were at such a big scale. How do you think, um, you know, managing these large format stores works for you? Because I'm sure with the real estate in, uh, in India, especially in Bombay, it must be quite expensive. How do you work around all the expenses that you incur definitely yeah so to address your first point I think that's very true that uh, when Aza entered the fashion landscape it was uh, at a very different stage I think fashion was very unapproachable as a concept so the average person felt very intimidated by the idea of purchasing a designer label and they thought that this is um, unapproachable and it's too expensive for me Uh, and Aza has changed that we've provided On both levels, we've provided designers with a platform to showcase their work, both emerging and established designers. And we've made it more approachable for the average person to kind of enter the store and feel comfortable that when they enter the store, they will leave feeling beautiful and they will leave feeling like they have found something that is perfect for them. Um, So that's definitely something that Aza has done. In terms of running the stores, I completely agree with you. It's very very expensive. Uh, And the backside operation part of it is not as swanky as one would imagine you know, the sure. fashion industry to be. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of day-to-day firefighting. Uh, but it's also very fun. Uh, I think there's it's a very niche market still, but there are very strategic ways to go about marketing the business that we've employed. Uh, and the large format store really works because we provide our customers with the feeling uh, we pamper them and we provide them with a feeling of luxury right. so when they enter our store they know that they are going to be feel pampered they're going to be spoiled for choice right. and that we're going to help them find exactly what they are looking for whether it's bridal wear whether it's just a ready to wear outfit or whether they're going for a you know like a fancy awards event or like a dinner function we will help them no matter what they're looking for right I think the marketing is also very important but I think your store itself is your biggest marketing strategy because anyone who doesn't even know the store, but they see such a swanky large store would want to go in and see what it's all about. Definitely. So we've selected strategic locations uh, for each in terms of the real estate that we've picked. We've selected strategic locations that would be very visible to people driving by, whether it's the Altamount Road location, which has now become a landmark uh, or the Bandra Turner Road store or the Juhu Tara Road store. These are all landmarks that yeah. people pass by. Yeah. And what are some uh, some obstacles that you faced uh, while you've been working with Aza? 
So I think in terms of this industry, it is uh, very, you have to keep yourself fresh. You can never feel like, oh, I've achieved what I need to and just lay back and enjoy because trends are constantly changing. The customer is constantly becoming more intelligent and more demanding as well. And we constantly need to kind of cater to their needs. So we are ourselves constantly study the business, study trends, study the industry and work very hard on a day-to-day basis to keep ourselves relevant. It's not something that, oh, we've just finished our work. We've never finished our work. Yeah. And you're also dealing with a very unique customer. The Indian customer is is extremely different and there's so many different types of customers as well. And they usually come in packs, right? Especially for bridal wear. So tell us something about that. Tell us some funny experience that you may have had with uh, some customers. Yeah, that's very true. I think traditionally Indian customers uh, are expect to be pampered no matter where they are, whether they go to a mass market store or they go to a luxury store. They really expect somebody, a whole team of people to sit with them, to offer them beverages, to offer them snacks, to, to really spend two or three hours with them, especially if it's bridal wear or if it's for their bridal trousseau. They expect that feeling of luxury to happen no matter how much they're spending. So it's something that we've strived to do. Um, and also the Indian customer is uh, wants a lot of opinions. Right. So, you know, they want their mom to see it. They want their chachiji to see it. They want their husband to see it. You know, they they want to keep coming back again and again and showing the outfit to make sure that everybody in their extended family is happy with that decision. Right. Which is very different from internationally when you go to just buy uh, a fancy dress. Right. So is there any particular person that really made you laugh or did something really crazy? We've had funny experiences in the store. Uh, I would say uh, everything from somebody trying to smoke in the store to um, <laughs> stubbing, uh, like uh, throwing, like, you know, uh, take, bringing outside food and munching on it while like oh trying God. to touch the clothes. And we're kind, <laughs> kind of, you know, just awkwardly trying to balance the feeling of pampering them with please don't eat and smoke in our store. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, and I'm sure some certain return stories as well where they've worn the piece and then they want to come back and return it after the occasion is over. Yeah, so I think now people are becoming a lot better about this because uh, it's a great thing that a lot of international stores have entered India. I think India has grown itself as uh, as a customer base. People are understanding the concept of returns about taking care of merchandise, about um, customized pieces not being able to be returned. So I think... Indian customer has become wiser and we are benefiting from that change. I definitely think the Indian customer is more exposed, especially with the whole e-commerce boom. Definitely. And Azza itself has gotten into e-commerce. So tell us about that and your journey with that. Yeah. So we launched AzzaFashions.com last year uh, and it's been a tremendous learning experience. It's something that I realized that all international retailers are gravitating towards an omni-channel strategy. So you have to have an online and offline presence and the two cannot cannibalize each other. So we have different target segments for each of our stores and for online as well. So we offer over 150 designers online, including the best of names as well as the emerging category of designers. So such as the Gen Next uh, of this year's Lakme Fashion Week and a lot of emerging affordable designers as well. And our primary target audience are tier two cities in India as well as NRI clients. So we have a huge client base in the US, in the UK, in Australia. We're working on the UAE as well. Um, And these are Indians who are spread across the world who have Indian weddings to attend, who have Indian, who celebrate Diwali, who celebrate Navratri and they want to wear um, Indian clothes. They celebrate the Indian culture, but right. they, they can't necessarily keep flying back to India. Yeah. Uh, and they, they 
stay aware of these trends. They stay aware of the new designers that are coming up through blogs, through online reading. Uh, and so we are now giving these designers a platform, a global platform to offer right. their merchandise. And we're creating uh, a way for Indians across the world to access these clothes. Right. So we ship worldwide. And it's been a really exciting journey. And how journey. long is delivery typically? Uh, so we do mostly made to order as well as we have ready to ship merchandise. Okay. So it completely depends on the garment. Okay. So our bridal wear, um, like a, a heavy bridal wear outfit can take three months. Okay. But if we have something ready in stock like a sari or uh, an outfit, then we ship it immediately. We have okay. next day shipping as well. And if a client, we work very closely with our clients. We have a, a strong customer service team right. um, who uh, speaks to the client about when they need to wear it, what they want to wear. And if we have something available in the store, we ship that immediately as well. Yeah, I'm surprised to know that you actually don't have the same products which are on your store in your e-commerce venture and that you actually have a completely different set. I guess you're targeting a different audience completely with e-commerce. So it's a mix. Uh, you'll see that if you enter each, any of the other stores, you'll see a different merchandise mix and that is because the much the customers who enter each store are different from each other right so we have spent a lot of time analyzing what our customers want for each store as well as for online and we try to offer uh, a customized merchandise matrix for that customer's need and desire okay. so you'll see online we have uh, we have the most established designers as well we offer Manish Malhotra we offer Varun Bell we have Neeta Lulla um, but we basically cater the merchandise at each store and online for the people who are shopping at that respective store. Right. And I wanted to talk a little bit about merchandising because sure. this time when I attended Lakme Fashion Week, of course, all the designers are extremely talented, but I definitely saw very similar uh, schemes in terms of trends. Like everyone's doing layering, everyone's right. doing uh, androgyny, everyone's doing stripes. How do you, uh, in that sense, then curate? Because I'm sure you must be getting so many requests from from like hundreds of designers. So how do you pick and choose which one of the layering you want to keep in your store? Right. So I think uh, trends in general is a very universal concept. It's about how the designer interprets that trend and incorporates the trend into their uh, collection. So it's that designer has a very specific aesthetic. So we try and select designers who have a signature style, who have something very strong that runs through each of their collections where you can look across the room and say this is designed by XYZ person you know and so that's how we identify our designers. In terms of the collections that we identify, we have a team of merchandisers who is constantly studying new trends, who is looking through each designer's collection and working one-on-one -on -one with our designers to hand select the pieces that you see in our stores and online. Right. So um, we, whether it's a trend such as layering, as you mentioned, or, you know, uh, India is gravitating towards kind of blending um, Indian and Western sense of aesthetic and right. creating very unique uh, new silhouettes that never existed before. Yeah. So tell me about your experience at Lakme Fashion Week because I bumped into you there yeah, so I yeah. know you were there. Tell me some key trends that you saw there. Um, so as I mentioned, we're kind of working to like India is in general is shifting to this aesthetic, which is very Indo-Western. Yeah. And there's some beautiful new silhouettes that have emerged from this, whether it's the dhoti pants or the tulip pants or layering uh 
you know, now even internationally, you'll see people wearing a dress with pants, which is right. a very kurta kind of a concept, yeah. right? And with um, sneakers. And with sneakers. Yeah, it's amazing. So if you saw, um, you know, like Anamika Khanna has used sneakers on the runway, which right. is very exciting. And so has Dior. Yeah. So you'll see that the trends that you see internationally are also infused into India and vice versa. So yeah. you'll see like Chanel has incorporated very Indian elements into their runway collections as well. Right. So you'll see a sari gown or you'll see a draped dress, you know, things yeah. like that. I think uh, Dolce & Gabbana as well is very Indian in that sense, uh, yeah. in his aesthetic. And Sunit Varma, is, I feel, is also doing a little bit of, you know, the headgears and stuff that you yeah. see uh, Dolce & Gabbana. And I also think that Moschino has done a lot of uh, Indian-inspired stuff. They've done the actual Gujarati sort of uh, Navratri type of blouses and, and, and the, you know, the, the jackets that you see women while they're going for Navratri for Dandia that's what they've had yeah, on their runway yeah. Yeah. so it's been interesting definitely and that's exactly what I mean by you'll see the that western trends are coming into India and vice versa Indian trends are going out so you'll see tons of international designers are picking up on very traditional Indian elements and incorporating those into their collection which right. is very exciting for us yeah which was your favorite show in Lakme Fashion Week this is a tough one I can't, I can't <laughs> say <laughs> So personally, I uh, love Manish Manhotra's couture. I wore Manish Manhotra for my for my bridal outfit. So I really, really loved his collection. Uh, Sabe Sachi, of course, it has a beautiful bridal line that we saw on the runway at the finale. Right. I personally love With Karina Kapoor as the showstopper. With Karina Kapoor with as the showstopper. Yeah, and that was beautiful. I, I really, really liked that he created this outfit. Um, and I think that was an inspiration for women, you know, everywhere. Right. Uh, and I personally loved the Gen Next show. Yeah. So we launched the entire Gen Next collection at the Aza Bandra store right before the sto- uh, right before the show. Okay. And um, that was a breath of fresh air for me. So we, every year we kind of um, Aza works with the Gen Next designers to kind of offer them a platform to offer their uh, collection. Right. So th- whether it was you know the Japanese in- influence in Deming Rubu's collection, or um, you know there was Gaurav Kanijo with his amazing menswear. Right. So I really really liked the Gen Tell X us collection. Tell his menswear. A little um, bit. Yeah, so his if you saw his runway collection, it was very colorful and very fun. And if you see his, he also has a very wearable line, yeah. which we offer in the which we will offer at the Azar Bandra store in the menswear sele- yeah. collection. Uh, and we're launching him online yeah. as well. You know, mm-hmm. I spoke to uh, Antar Agni's designer and right. uh, I thought their collection was really interesting because usually you see women in men's jackets now and you see them in sneakers and, you know, it's not very feminine. But I right. think his collection was actually, in, you know, infusing femininity into menswear, which is, you know, pleated skirts with with uh, the pants at the bottom. Yeah, and yeah. So I think it's really interesting where fashion is going and that, you know, people are ready to experiment. Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, whether it's customers who are just looking to buy a dinner outfit or even the brides, they are all, we have seen, uh, more willing to experiment with their style. And men are unafraid to uh, infuse feminine elements into their own wardrobe. And women are not afraid to infuse masculine elements into their wardrobe. Right. So it's really interesting the way um, that this fusion is kind of occurring and yeah. people are a lot more confident in the way that they're um, yeah. wearing their clothes. So right now, uh, London Fashion Week is going on and right. New York Fashion Week just got over. Do yeah. you have any insights from there to tell our listeners? Yeah, so I think uh, the way that they do their shows, the way that they do their buying is a source of inspiration for us. Um, and we are learning a lot from that. So, you know, if you saw like Charlotte Olympia's show, she had a very fun show and uh, they were kind of dancing on the runway and with there was like fruits and, you know, they were very unafraid to just try something new. 
and then if you saw last year like Fendi did their show Walking on Air yeah. uh, on the Trevi Fountain so that yeah. was also very exciting and I think Indian designers are doing the same thing you know they're trying new things they're uh, not, they, whether it's bringing a singer onto the ramp to the ramp to make it more fun or um, you know everybody is more experimental yeah I mean I think some of the shows that the Indian designers are doing are also extremely extravagant now and Definitely. very glamorous which Definitely. is kind of a take off from the international runways and I think it was about time that we had that uh on that note let's take a short break and we'll be right back talking about tons of trendy stuff with Devangi Hey guys, welcome back. We're here with Devangi Nishar and now we're going to talk about some bridal wear. So Devangi, tell me about the Indian bride. I know Aza specializes in you know Indian bridal wear. What do you recommend for a bride while she's shopping for her clothes? I think each bride is very unique and uh, every bride kind of wants something very different. So we offer customized solutions for each bride. But I think as a whole, uh, what we have seen in our brides is that um they're not necessarily opting for just the traditional silhouette for every event so brides are a lot more wise uh and this is something we recommend to brides instead really plan each look for each event in advance and work with uh from your head to toe you know whether it's your hair your makeup your outfit the way you're draping it your accessories the way you accessorizing it your jewelry kind of plan the entire look in advance and brides are feeling very excited by the concept of making each look very unique from the other right so whether it's the alternative bride look or it's a traditional look where you wear like a heritage sari or yeah. whether you're wearing just a fusion outfit for your mehndi yeah. uh, that you can wear again and again right um so that's something that's okay so you know this is the the confusion that i have in my mind which is you spend so much on your bridal outfit and you don't want it to be extremely trendy because then you can never wear it again because it'll be out of fashion in a couple of years um but then if you wear something very traditional it looks a little boring on that day so how would you recommend for the Indian bride to strike the perfect balance. I think that people should wear what they are most comfortable wearing. So if you feel most happy and comfortable in a traditional outfit, that is what you should wear. I mean, I recently got married and I wanted to be quite experimental in the way that I styled my looks. But I realized while uh, planning my bridal trousseau that you can mix and match things later on, you know. Don't be afraid. Don't look at it and say I will never wear this again. Why not? You can wear the blouse again with a sari. You can wear the dupatta again with a very light lehenga. You know, whether if it's um a blouse and a cape, you can wear it again with dhoti pants. You don't necessarily have to wear it with the same skirt, right? So don't feel afraid to break apart the look that you wore. and a uh, mix and match it right and i guess now there are styles in which you can wear the traditional patola in a very contemporary form and then there are also contemporary silhouettes that you can change into traditional later on i feel like designers are constantly reinventing and there's always something that you can pull out from your cupboard 10 years ago and that's still relevant today because if you style it up with maybe like a plain sari but with a spaghetti blouse and it would look as contemporary as ever Definitely. I think India as a country has one of the most beautiful cultural heritages. It has an amazing amazing uh history of textiles. So each part of India has a very strong forte in a different type of textiles. And these are all hiding, you know, in our mums cupboards. These are treasures that are in our mums cupboards right. that we should embrace and we can take out and mix and match with contemporary elements. Yeah. So if you have a contemporary blouse, you can wear it with a traditional sari. Yeah. You know, a lot of designers are now getting old Banarasi saris, getting old Patola collections that 
you know are now quite expensive and amazing treasures yeah, Manish Malhotra had done a collection on that a year ago I think definitely whether it's Manish or Sabya Saatchi tons of designers are now adopting it Neeta Lola is also adopting uh, a lot of these Banarasi silk she's always collection. kind of been the she's pioneer of Banarasi definitely, definitely she's one of India's oldest designers you know right. and her collection always is kind of a treasure house yeah you know uh, the other a thing that I've been noticing a lot with brides is a lot of them are very attracted to Pakistani wear. I know recently when I had to attend a wedding and I was going shopping, I really wanted to pick up an, a Pakistani outfit because I think it's very similar to the uh, Indian silhouette. But at the same time, they're very different. Um, do, does Azza have a, a Pakistani wear collection or are you planning to get that? Because I definitely think there would be a market for it. Yeah, I think uh, Pakistani fashion is really amazing. They have a different way of uh, doing their embroidery and their silhouettes are slightly different, but very, very flattering. Uh, and I think there's uh, now there's a lot more awareness about their fashion, you know, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or the pictures that we're seeing. So that sense of design and aesthetic is now getting infused into India as well. And it's definitely something that we see in the future, you know, offering that kind of aesthetic as well. Yeah. Is there any tip or trick that you'd want to give to a bride? Because I know you've recently got married yourself. So is there anything that you felt that really worked out for you in the last minute? Honestly, there's nothing like just feeling happy. Whatever you're wearing, I wore an 18 kg outfit for my Sangeet or you're wearing something very light. Just forget about the um, once you're on that day, I would say just forget about everything and just have a blast. And that is how you will radiate and feel very happy and positive all the time. Right. Leading up to it, I would say plan your outfits in advance. Wear your outfit, practice wearing in it. If you're dancing in it, practice dancing in it. If you're wearing the shoes, practice dancing in those shoes as well. Yeah. Uh, or if you want to dance bare effort make sure that the outfit is not too long for you so these are kind of um, logical things that you should do leading up to the day to make sure that that day everything is pinned to the t and right. that you can have a blast yeah and what about the terrifying bun on the wedding day how do you deal with that <laughs> because now every designer is doing something different to make it more comfortable for the bride did you have a bun yeah i did um it's i mean it's something that all indian brides have traditionally done and i think it looks very beautiful it's just very uncomfortable so i think yeah, now yeah i would say the most... veil is a little bit heavy yeah. uh, but a lot of brides are now opting for a slightly lighter dupatta for their hair and then they're wearing the heavier dupatta kind of on uh, across their chest right. and pinned to their shoulder so the the one attached to their bun is actually detachable and then they could exactly, remove that yeah, once the right, ceremony right. is over so exactly yeah and then you know a lot of brides put flowers in their hair and kind of do their hairstyle so that once you just remove the veil it's very comfortable after the event yeah that's a great tip and any beauty tip that you'd like to give to the bride definitely waterproof mascara i'm sure <laughs> Yeah, waterproof mascara. And don't be afraid to try, um, you know, like fun looks, uh, work with your makeup artist and look up. In this age, we have so many images available to us, whether it's on a Pinterest or an Instagram. I would say save all the looks that you like and kind of create that look that you want for your day so that you're not taken by surprise when it happens to you. You've, right. You're the creator of that look. Yeah. Well, thank you for mm -hmm. those tips, Devangi. We'll definitely pen them down. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, guys. We're here with Devangi Nishar and we're going to have a super fun rapid fire. Devangi, are you ready? I'm a little nervous. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. Actually, maybe you should. <laughs> okay, so here goes. Your favorite designer personally, at a personal level. So, I love uh, wearing 
Actually, I love all the big three: Manish Malhotra, Anamika Khanna. Personally, I love wearing um, styles that make me feel very princessy and you know very larger than life. And I think right. both these designers think uh, at that level: very cutting-edge designs and very luxurious. They make right. anybody feel like a princess. Right. What would you wear to the red carpet? I would wear. Actually, I'm very proud of all these Indian. Uh, uh, heritage things so i would love to wear like a patola on the red carpet or you know like a jamdani sari that has been hand woven yeah. so this is something that i would love to wear on the red carpet to kind of represent the history of india okay leopard or tiger print neither really <laughs> i feel like every person needs to own one thing with one I like of those zebra prints. print oh you like zebra print yeah. so that's not bad okay that counts your favorite color pink okay if you weren't working with aza what would you be doing I think I would be a writer. I love writing uh, and I love reading uh, and I would love to kind of explore the world and write about it. Oh wow, on travel. Definitely on travel, on people, on human behavior. These are things that I would love to just kind of tra- write about. Interesting. Your most used emoji? I would say the three monkeys. It's me. Yeah. Speak no evil. Hear no evil, see no evil. <laughs> One trend that needs to go out right now. Skinny jeans. I hate them. Really I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> no, I find them very personally I find them very uncomfortable and I'm very excited by the new trend of loose pants and palazzos yeah. because they breathe very easily in a warm climate right. and you don't feel as hot, you know, yeah, it's very yeah. airy. Also you can eat a lot then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your advice to a style struck teen. I would say experiment with your personal style, try new things, mix and match different things and don't feel like um you need necessarily designer labels, you know, try mixing and matching one key piece with lots of um high street fashion as well. Right. Your most precious piece in your wardrobe. My wedding outfit. Definitely my wedding outfit, which was a Manish Malhotra lehenga. It was customized and um basically it has a story woven onto it oh, of beautiful. a wedding. So it has a barat procession, it has um people dancing and it even on the sleeves of my blouse there were uh, there were dancers. So that's something I hold very close to my heart because it's the most important day of my yeah, life. Yeah, sounds like it. Your beauty regime I'm all about using moisturizers. I don't like too much makeup. Um so just uh, lots of water and uh, a healthy glow. Use a good moisturizer. I drink one glass of amla juice every morning oh, and wow. I think that's something that has really helped my hair, skin and nails. Yeah. Yeah, it shows. How would you accessorize a little black dress? It's so versatile honestly. You can wear it with anything from jutis and a cape to you can wear it with a high heels and in a very western kind of jacket way. Yeah. Um so it's something that you need in your wardrobe. Yeah. Your secret to a flat tummy because we know you have one. <laughs> <laughs> um so I eat a lot. I I eat at very regular intervals, but I stay active. So I work out, you know, working out is is key, I would say. And drink a lot of water. Okay. Any different way of using a scarf other than the regular way? Yeah, I love um putting scarves on my bags actually. It it's a very oh, nice. pretty way to kind of give your bag a different look yeah. and dress it up. Yeah. Uh, and also I like using scarves in my hair as well. So yeah. it just kind of makes your hair look pretty and it's like a hair accessory whether you use it as a hair band or you tie your hair up with it. Yeah. I also think a great way to use it is as a as a top. You could yeah, actually definitely. tie the two ends on your neck and the other two ends at your back and use it uh, you know like a boho chic look and Definitely, definitely yeah. you can do that. Yeah. Heels or flats? Flats for every day, heels for events. Okay. If you could be a princess, which one would you be? Jasmine. I would be Jasmine. Okay. Favorite international brand? For clothes, I would say Valentino. Funniest outfit you've ever seen? 
Honestly, I feel like when we look back at what we wore a few years ago, we always find them really funny, you know. But at that moment, we always thought we looked amazing. Yeah. Um. So it's really fun to look back, and then that same image when you look back, say ten years later, somehow you find yourself to be extremely stylish. Yeah. So it's fun to see the way that trends evolved and the way that you wore them. Right. What makes you smile? I love laughing. I laugh at pretty much everything. I just I would say a happy face, you know, when you see somebody random on the street and they smile at you, I think that kind of makes your day. Yeah. And finally, what's next? So much. I would say um for Aza, I would really want to see it become a global brand. I would want everybody across the world to kind of know about Aza as a landmark store where they can find the best of Indian talented designers and make it very very accessible for people across the globe whether it's at a you know in a small town in india or whether it's somebody sitting in california to be able to easily access the best indian designers right thank you so much for that devangi and now we're going to answer a few questions from our listeners uh, pallavi shah uh, has asked is designer wear truly worth its price is it an investment or a waste of money I would say it's an investment. Um so designers have spent a lot of time crafting these trends and this is where the origins of trends really happen, right? So when you walk on uh, Oxford Street or whether you walk to into a Zara, the trends that you're seeing have trickled down from these designers who have spent so much time creating this sense of aesthetic. Right. So it's definitely an investment and something that you can treasure with you throughout your life and pass down through generations. It's like an heirloom. Definitely. Yeah. Mona Vora has asked I'm pregnant what could I wear to a cocktail party that's trendy yet comfortable I would say high waisted definitely a high waisted uh, skirt or a dress um it looks very cute you know the baby bump embrace it and uh feel very excited about it I think uh, puffy sleeves look very cute if you're wearing a kurta that has a high waist and has a tie like a little bow at right above your belly Yeah, great tips. Thank you so much Devangi for talking to us. This was super fun and we learned about all things stylish and fashionable from you. Thank you so much for having me. You can catch Azas collection online at azafashions.com. You can catch us on Facebook at Stylogram Official and on Instagram at stylogram_official. You can also catch our latest episode on SoundCloud and iTunes. Until then, like I always say, keep it stylish. <laughs>